0: John Moyer is an award-winning stand-up comedian and filmmaker based in Salt Lake City, Utah, who now harnesses his skills as a master hypnotist and meditation guide. In our conversation, John shares the secret to whether hypnotism stage shows are genuine, the true power of our mind and consciousness, and the change we can create within ourselves and our world simply by harnessing the power of our mind. Be prepared for some enlightenment as John and I find out we too are kindred spirits on the very same page. Welcome, John, to the Ethical Evolution.
1: Thank you very much. It's uh, good to be here from the side of the pond, I guess. Do <laughs> you still refer to it as the pond in Australia like they do in the UK, or is there a different... Uh, phrase.
0: It's a very big pond.
1: (laughs) It is a very big pond. (laughs) Uh,
0: Thank you for joining us, John. Now you're coming to us uh, just outside of Salt Lake City uh, in the US. Um, Can you tell us, uh, obviously, who you are and what you do?
1: Um, Well, my name is John Moyer and I am a professional hypnotist. Um, I started doing hypnosis as a stage hypnosis show. um, And then from that, I realized... You know, the power of the mind about mm-hmm. how it could change people's lives, and I embraced hypnosis and meditation—not to, or at least at first, hypnosis—not just as a you know a form for entertainment, but as a way for um, people to be able to change their lives. It it radically improved the quality of of my life and how I was able to kind of rewire my thinking. Um, and from doing a stage hypnosis show, I went on and uh, created a, a YouTube channel with hypnosis. And meditation programs, and I'm just—I don't know if I've hit there just yet or not, or if it'll be tonight. But 211,000 wow. subscribers on YouTube—that's incredible. It's—it's it's been an awesome experience, and that's where I focus all of my uh, all of my efforts now, is to just putting the you know the content, my hypnosis and meditation content on YouTube.
0: Now you're a bit of a funny guy too, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes,
1: I am. Well, it, and that is really kind of interesting as well, because I did start as a stand-up comedian. I graduated from uh, film school. I had a degree in uh, theater and film with a screenwriting emphasis. And I went on to have some uh, independent comedy screenplays produced. And my first passion was, was, was being on stage and, and telling jokes. But the, the, the thing about that was, is one of the things that I learned in film school was that all conflict is drama. Mm. So, you know, you're not going to have Star Wars if there's no Darth Vader, if there's no kidnapped princess, right? If there's no threat to the galaxy. And I adapted that mindset to my stand up comedy that all conflict is drama, which I could turn into jokes. So I could be really funny on stage, but all of that came from an incredible amount of dysfunction mm. in my life. And my, my philosophy was, is that the more dysfunctional my life was, the more I had to joke about <laughs> and the more laughs I could get. Unfortunately, I was unhappy as an individual, I wound up going, you know, twice divorced. I was uh, a single parent, in, you know, my forties to two young boys and uh, dating all of the wrong women. <laughs> and that's kind of when I realized I needed to, to make a change. And that's where I, you know, discovered and and dove into all things hypnosis. And interestingly enough, I I guess in my personal life, yes, I still have quite a bit of, you know, jokes. And fortunately my wife thinks I'm very, very funny. So that works out really well. Um, But when it comes to, yeah, doing the, doing the hypnosis people just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of very straightforward, serious kind of uh, person. So, but yeah, Yeah. funny, definitely love jokes.
0: So do you find there's um, a healthy level of skepticism when it comes to hypnotism, particularly stage-based hypnotism, because people think it's all just a bit of a show?
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's the one thing that I, it, it kind of, I guess, first of all, I never thought I could ever be hypnotized Mm. right until I experienced hypnosis. So, and when I was with people on stage, I knew how to identify those people that were legitimate and you know maybe those people that were faking and not necessarily because they wanted to, you know, do anything nefarious during the show, but sometimes you would find that people might be on stage and then they would feel bad if you know they admitted that they weren't hypnotized and they, they just kind of wanted to play along. But those are the people you get rid of off you dismiss from the stage because you want to be able to maintain that, maintain, you know, that hey, this is the this is something real that is something that is legitimate. And the thing for me is when I was on the cruise ships, performing on the cruise ships. Nobody knew each other. So you have a lot of people that might wonder, you know, is, is is this fake or is this, you know, not necessary and real? And then, of course, people would talk to everybody after the show and then relate their experience. One of the really cool things for me is because I would do a lot of corporate gigs mm. and doing a corporate show. I can't tell you how many times somebody would come up to me. After the fact, you go, now I know that was legitimate because there is no way that that, you know, guy could fake it because I work next to him every, you know, every day. So mm. there is a healthy amount of, of skepticism. And it's one of those things where when somebody sees it and experiences it, then they realize it's, it's a legitimate medium.
0: Yeah, and it's I think it's something that I don't know. There's a certain level of belief that people have to have, or they they kind of need to let go a little bit and actually just trust um, in in that something will happen. Um, I I know for me, um, I actually had a client um, here in the rec- recording studio who was recording hypnotism, and I was in the room, and I was like, oh god, I've really got to keep my wits about me so that I don't fall under. And there was one point where I felt myself starting to go, and I was like, oh god, I've got to. <laughs> so yeah. it does it does work so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you focus, it it can really um, create true change.
1: Yeah, it it, it really can. You know, and, and to your 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 point there, I can't tell you how many times somebody may not necessarily volunteer to go up on stage, but they go out into the audience. They wind up going out in the audience. Yeah, and an hour later, they wake up on stage, and it's kind of a. I had an experience a few years ago um, where I was performing for. It was a, a Christmas event for uh, a county sheriff's, um, a group of county sheriffs. And they had a woman there, and she was the head jailer of their county jail. And she was a tough, tough woman. And like you, not somebody you, you want to mess with. Well, initially, she didn't volunteer for the show. But a lot of people were like, come on, go up. You should go up and do this. Go, And normally, I would always say, if somebody doesn't really willingly volunteer, then there's going to be some resistance there. But this is one of those times where they were a little bit of a tough group, getting volunteers were hard. So it was like, all right, I'm going to take whoever comes up. So here's this woman walking up on stage like, this is ridiculous. This is not going to work. This is, you know, it sits down on the stage like, all right, just hurry up and get me off the stage. And then an hour later, she woke up, opened her eyes, had no idea what just transpired over the last hour. And, you know, her colleagues are taking out their phones and they're showing her the video. And she was like, I don't remember any of that. Oh my God, yes, this this is real. And that's one of the things that all of her colleagues were saying it was like, Phew. We know her, we work with her, and that was totally a a legitimate experience.
0: Yeah, and going back to what you said earlier with the power of the mind, um, you know, like uh, referring back to the client I had who does hypnotism, she actually helps uh, women conceive um, who Mm -hmm. are having trouble having babies. And I think she's had about four children born now, um, in the last couple of years. Um, and, and, and also, uh, she does, uh, like, um, lap band surgery, like hypnotism, lap band surgery where people lose weight, Mm -hmm. um, recording, that was fun. Um, (laughs) so, so, um, you know, it, like the power of the mind, once you, um, you know, can change those pathways for it to actually Mm -hmm. have different beliefs and, and behaviors, um, it can change your life
1: it it really can and that's one of the things that's so profound about it is because the the brain the mind can't tell the difference between what's real and and what's not mm. under under hypnosis and i tell people it's like when you have a dream how many times have we had a really bizarre strange dream but in that moment of the dream we are responding to that dream we're acting it's it's like it's real mm. everything that happens in there no matter how strange or bizarre it, we act like it's weird, like it's real. So when you take somebody down in their in hypnotic state and you say to them, you know, you're somebody who, you know, prefers to eat healthy or whatever the case may be, whatever thing that they're looking to achieve, their mind's just going to believe that, okay, this is really the case. So this is who we are. And then it begins to operate from that programming.
0: Mm. And something interesting that I learned, um, you know, through my experience and also through through the meditation work that I do is, you know, there's a certain um science to this, isn't there? Like mm-hmm. um, in terms of um the sound that people hear um and, and your voice and the tone and all those kind of things. So there's there's an actual science to it, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there there really is. And one of the things that I also tell people too is that there's no right way or wrong way. There's only the way that works for you. Mm. So uh, when it comes to stuff like hypnosis and meditation, there's an element of of the individual. Mm. And there are people who relate to me. There are people who can hear my voice and go under really quick. You know, I hear from people, you know, on YouTube, oh my God, your voice helps me go to sleep every night. And then of course you hear from those people that are like, I hate your voice. Shut up. You're annoying. And so I always I always tell people to explore if you're looking to do something just because this one hypnotist or this one modality didn't necessarily work for you does not mean that there's not going to be something else that your mind's going to connect with that that does Uh, Work for you, but definitely in the way that you're speaking with people, the way that you're, um, you know, if you're dealing with somebody, if you've got a one-on-one session, there's a feedback loop. You're Mm. able to see what's happening, and 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 you know, and you can hear, and you can understand, and you can cater what you're doing to the to the individual. Of course, when I'm putting out content on YouTube, it's has to be just kind of a one-size-fits-all, and I have to Mm. kind of drive down the middle so I can you know, reach as many people as possible. But there is, it's a lot more than just, you know, it's not a magic incantation, right? It's, you know, you, you don't just read a script and say these words, and it happens. There's a way that the script is written, there's a way that you're saying that, and then there's a way that it's, it's being delivered to people.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I just find it absolutely fascinating, you know, particularly, you know, the different people and, and their voices and the sounds they can produce and, and the effect that they can have on people. I have so many people who say to me, oh, um, you know, I listen to your meditations and I'm asleep in minutes. And I'm just like, good. <laughs> so I think it had the desired effect. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, with the um, stage shows that you do, Can you tell us about, you know, a particular situation where someone's had such radical change through, through actually getting up on stage with you?
1: Yeah, there's, you know, there, there's two instances that I think of that kind of demonstrate how the mind works and then after effects. So one experience I remember had, I actually had a woman that volunteered and she was a medical doctor and it was a case where this, the suggestion that I gave her was that her belly button was missing. (laughs) So and so, of course, you know, when you give these people their suggestions, they're in that relaxed state, their eyes are closed and, you know, they're down. So when I wake her up, she opens up her eyes and she starts, you know, looking around for her belly button. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? And she's like, my belly button is missing. And of course, people are laughing. But it was really fascinating because she goes, look, I am a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. You cannot lose your belly button. It is physically impossible, but. It it happened to me. I cannot. And you could see that. And speaking out loud, she was like debating and arguing with herself, having this, you know, battle within her mind because she knew it was very real for her that her belly button was missing, but all of her, you know, all of her years of training that consciously she's like, this, this can't make, this does not make sense. It's impossible. And that's just a really fascinating example for me of somebody, a medical doctor who Mm -hmm. knows how biology works and yet she was in a position where she couldn't figure it out, but yet she had missed her, you know, she had lost her belly button. (laughs) And one of the, the, the really interesting experiences I had when I was on the cruise ship, because this was a case where, you know, lots of times you do a show and then after the show you go home or you go, you know, to the next place or whatever the case, back to your hotel room if you're out of town. But I had the opportunity to be on a ship for several days with a lot of these people. And what I would do in to encourage people to volunteer is that I would let them know the benefits of them coming up on stage. It's not just going to be them doing goofy, silly stuff, but you're going to be able to have a great night's sleep. And, and it, it, inevitably, every time I would tell the audience, you're going to have an incredible night's sleep, you could, everybody would just start talking and ooing and awing because that's something a lot of people struggle with. So people would come up and volunteer just so they could have a really good night's sleep. But I would also tell them that if there is a goal that you're looking to achieve, when you participate tonight, we're going to empower your mind so that you can achieve your goals. So when we wrap up the show, the very last thing that we're going to do is you know, I'm going to offer you some suggestions and some hypnotic suggestions, not just teaching them how to do something, but I'm going to speak to your subconscious mind so that you can achieve your goals. And a woman had come up to me several days later and she said, I'm a chocoholic. And she's this, she said this really is a huge issue for me in my life because I eat way too much chocolate. And if it's there, it's one of these things where that's what I'm focused on. That's all I care about. That's what I do. She has, and she said, it's been three days and I have not had any chocolate. And she said, that's the whole reason why I went up. I wasn't going to volunteer and be part of the show. But then when you said that you could help me achieve a goal and this apparently, I mean, the thought in my mind is, all right, it's, it's chocolate, but this was clearly an Mm. issue for this woman. And she said, my friends can't believe it. I can't believe it because there's chocolate everywhere in the cruise ship. And I haven't had chocolate in three days. And Something like that. And I would hear a lot of those things, you know, from people after they got done with, uh, you know, with my show. Somebody might email me or they would would tell me these little experiences of things that they were trying to do relative to achieving their goals. The big thing for me is when I hear from people that have experienced my content on YouTube, because those are things that they can go Mm -hmm. continually go back to and they can grow with and they can, you know, their mind is able to learn more with. And and hearing the stories of people about how things have changed for themselves, less stress, less anxiety, they're, you know, better night's sleep, stronger confidence. Um, they maybe if they've gone through a heartbreak, one of my big programs is to overcome a heartbreak. Mm. And they share with me how they were in this pain. And then they were able to get through it and move on. And everything is, you know, everything is okay for them.
0: Well, we could really fix the world with hypnotism, couldn't we? Like, uh, yeah, you know, I,
1: I, and, <laughs> uh, and, and I would also, you know, throw in meditation, you yeah. know, to that. I, it's, I, I think it's something that ancient civilization, ancient humanity understood early on. They understood the power of the mind. They understood the power of emotional states and energy. And then I think as we got into, you know, the Middle Ages, we went from the Dark Ages to Enlightenment, and then people began thinking way too much. It all became about learning and thinking and judgment and reasoning. And that's where everybody began to put, you know, that attention. And especially now, the way the world is connected so much with, with social media, mm. there there is a lot of people aren't able to manage their emotions and, and, and how they feel as effectively as would be ideal for people. And, you know, when somebody gets angry, when somebody gets upset, when somebody gets, you know, triggered about something, what do a lot of people do? They, they take out their phones, they go, right. They post about it on social media and they hit send. And now all of a sudden you can send that energetic, you know, emotion of anger and upset and it just can travel around the world and it can be, can, contagious in, mm. in a negative way. And that's one of the things that I'm passionate about is being able to, you know, offer people a way that they can learn to tap into their mind and then tap into their heart, you know, that coherence between the heart and the, and the brain and be able to balance themselves out to come from a much more peaceful state of mind and a much more productive uh, state of mind and emotion. And mm. that to me is how, you know, we can positively impact and positively change the world.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, and, you know, social media has so much to answer for. I think um, we we tend to um, go on autopilot and lose, um, mm-hmm. you know, I've been having a lot of conversations recently around um, emotional intelligence and, um, you know, it's like we completely lose that layer of emotional intelligence once we get on yeah. social media <laughs> and yeah. it's just yeah. like you, you just lose the plot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, wow, there's and, so much...
1: There, there really is. And it's one of the things, you know, you know, I grew up in the 1980s. We had the fear of the cold war, right. There was mm-hmm. going to be nuclear missiles, you know, blowing up the entire planet. So, you know, I grew up in a state where or a place where, um, you know, the, the, the existential threat to humanity was nuclear Holocaust, nuclear war. And then we, of course, we hear a lot about the existential threat to humanity now is, you know, is climate change, but I really think that and feel that, uh, you know, the existential threat to humanity isn't an external threat. It's not going to come from these external forces. The existential threat to humanity is going to come from the inside out.
0: Mm. It's
1: those individuals and, or, or, you know, a collective of humanity that, that don't have that emotional intelligence, that don't have that way to manage their emotions, that don't have that ability to be able to harness the power of their mind. And that's, what's going to, ultimately cause a lot of chaos for humanity. And when we can manage that and tap into that and then learn to be able to manage ourselves, then we can collectively work together with each other. And then we can solve those issues that are coming from without, without having to argue with all these different perspectives and these different ideas and telling everybody that they're wrong and that
0: we're right. Mm. And that's such an insightful way to look at it. And it's kind of the theme of what we talk about a lot on this show is, you know, when we talk about being the change, it starts with us. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it it all begins with us. And, you know, there's something that I said, I think it was at the beginning of the pandemic and it's kind of stuck. Um, And that is what I do today impacts your tomorrow. Like we're all, we're all in the same boat here. So, you know, Mm -hmm. when we can understand that what, what is within us impacts each other, um, that's where true change starts.
1: And, you know, there's, we always, of course I heard for, for quite a long time, you know, about living in the moment, the the present moment. And it always kind of seemed to be this, you know, strange, uh, well, what is that? Okay, great. You're, you're here, you're having a good time or whatever the case may be. But, I've come to really understand that, you know, living in the moment is being connected with yourself, that that heart-brain coherence and understanding how you're able to relate and interact with this moment, how you're paying attention and how you're aware, how you can make the most out of it and also not have it go sideways Mm. in, in some way. And one of the things that I do in, in, you know, in a meditation for me is, you know, I look at almost like I'm in this large um, glass or mirror-like sphere, and I'm seeing all of the moments of my life, you know, are up there reflected back at me. And it's in my mind, I'm saying that every moment from every point, every perspective in my life has brought me to this moment, this perspective, and this moment, this perspective, is going to influence an infinite number of more uh, moments and experiences. So it's that rippling effect. You know, Mm. what is happening here is going to impact, you know, all these things that can continue to go on to happen. So when you're in that centered place, when you're making the most of this moment and being, you know, you're focused on your being, how Mm. are you being? And then that is going to, like you said, it's going to impact, you know, the tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and it takes a lot of practice uh, to to get to that space for some people as well.
1: Yeah, and that's you know that, that's one of the things that I uh, kind of one of the things that I have is is when I tell people that changing your mind is the easiest hardest thing you will ever do. Mm. It's hard because people can't believe that it's so easy, mm. and that and it it does require some some practice. It, it took me quite a bit of conditioning to get to the point where I can just sit down and I'm in that state. Yeah but it's not it, for me it wasn't this you know it wasn't like climbing on top of you know a mountain or some you know arduous task that you need to go but it it is a it, it is being able to just kind of corral your mind and corral your emotions so you can just navigate mm. and but it you're it does it does take a little bit of practice but the things that you do along the way i don't feel aren't necessarily that difficult it's Stuff that's built inside of us, yeah. But with yeah. practice, man, we can we can do so much.
0: Yeah, that's another thing that's kind of resonating with me at the moment. You know, everything we need we're already equipped with. You know, yeah. we've got every the power is within us. You know, God, I'm quoting Anthony Robbins. Here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you know, in uh, hypnotism and meditation, um, what would you say has been your biggest challenge, and how have you overcome it?
1: Would you say for me or would you say for, you know, working with, with other people?
0: Probably with working with other people. I think
1: a lot of it comes down to, and of course, this is something, you know, this is programming, but, um, you know, it's belief in oneself. It's, it's showing people how they can, because, <clears throat> I mean, you know, first of all, you're, you're, you're working with somebody to rewire their mind. But a big part of rewiring the mind is, is rewiring, you know, the beliefs that somebody has about themselves. Mm -hmm. And this is what I, I, I say to a lot of people, how many times have you read a book or if you've gone to like an Anthony Robbins seminar, you've, you've seen something, experienced something, you're like, yes, this makes so much sense. I'm going to do this and this is going to change my life. And then of course, a day later, two days, a week later, you're back to doing the same things that you did before and nothing has changed. Particularly you. And that's because, you know, your conscious mind goes, this makes sense. Yes, this is great. The subconscious mind goes, of course, it makes sense, but not for us, because we can't do anything right. Nothing we do um, works out. Everything goes wrong for us. So why even even bother? And, you know, Joe Dispenza has a great quote about, you know, we're living today in the residual outcome of our past thoughts and experiences and emotions. And reading his book, "You Are the Placebo," which is is a great book, I I highly recommend for everybody to read. But it talks about these people who who literally thought something and believed something and healed their you know their body was healed. Yeah. And then of course there's copious examples of people who thought something, believed something, you know, negative, and of course that had adverse effects on their body, poor health, and any even death. So I think. One of the things to really focus on, if somebody's doing this, you know, for the first time, or if you're working with somebody the first time, is just to, to tackle that belief system that somebody has. Work with that so that they can know that they can believe in themselves. They can believe that this is possible. That they can do this. So then they can have a belief in the greater things mm-hmm. that are coming that 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 they can accomplish and and that they can do. Yeah, and that really was especially for me in the beginning, when, you know, I look around at, you know, the experiences that I had had in my life up to that point relative to, you know, relationships and and finances and things that I had accomplished, I had all these beliefs that, you know, I could only do so much or it's got to be this way or it's got to be this way or it's got to be this way. And then when I was able to let go of those, you know, restraints of those beliefs and, and begin to speak believe that there could be more, then all of a sudden, more started to happen. And then when I could believe in, you know, when I could believe in this much, and then once this much happens, and you can start to believe in a little bit more, you know, and a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's one of the things that I saw how it profoundly impacted my life. And, and that's one of the things that I work with, you know, with other people, it's, you know, that saying you go as far as you can go, or as far as you can see, and mm-hmm. once you get there, you'll be able to see, a little farther.
0: Yeah. And it reminds me also of, of the secret, you know? Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of that premise as well. And um, yeah, Dr. Joe, Joe Vitale talks about a lot of, a lot mm-hmm. of this as well. And um, you know, just if we completely understood ourselves and and our minds, imagine the world we'd have and the lives that we yeah. would live. Like yeah. we, we, I don't know. And I think, you know, this whole industry of you know, spirituality, wellness, all that kind of stuff, there's there's quite a few snake charmers and I think mm. that's sort of changed people's beliefs yeah. that they can't uh, truly believe this stuff and make a change. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, that won't work for me, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas I think if we had true education in this where people understood that their mind was so powerful and could do so much for them, like we wouldn't have half of the issues we have.
1: You're exactly right. And, and I know here in the US, there have been and studies with the results have done where there have been school districts that worked with their students to teach them mindfulness mm. and even in, in meditation. And they have drastically seen a reduction in discipline issues, in suspension. They have seen kids' grades go up. So there's these, all these tangible results that they're able to see from taking some time during their curriculum to teach this to kids. And uh, then on, you know conversely on that, we have, a, I think it was the state of Alabama here. At some point back in the 90s, um, they outlawed like meditation and yoga or that, you know, those, uh, that you cannot teach this mm. stuff in schools. We're not going to teach these kids. And it had come up, I think it was like last year that somebody said, look, we we want to rescind this. This is ridiculous. Mm. We, you know, we don't think that if we, you know, if our kids learn mindfulness or yoga or meditation, they're not going to be possessed by demons and they're not going to go. But yet, um, the last I remember reading about it, everybody's like, oh, no, 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 no. Ah, We're not going to do that. We're going to keep our kids away from that stuff. So you see the incredible results that School. Some school districts have had by doing this, and then you see those that are go. Oh no, no, this is. We're not going to do this. This is evil. Yeah. And it's it it's it's an interesting contrast because and and you are right. If we're able to show this to you know our kids, and of course you know even adults, because there's so many adults out there that that don't grasp these things that don't want to look at these. At these things. And, and, you know, I was one of those people. And then when that, that, that door opens up a little bit and you're able to see, and you're able to experience, then it, it just makes an, an, a world of, of difference. And that's just kind of what I hope to be able to put out there to everybody is. You try it.
0: Mm, you yeah. Know, the, I'd, I'd love for us to just get into people's minds a little bit earlier than we did, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, oh yeah, uh, and, and yeah, not have to go through so much pain and anguish to actually yeah. reach that state of enlightenment. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and of course that is, you know, for me, it's, you know, when I, when I talked about all the moments reflecting back to me that created this moment, um, I, I look at every, Everything I have experienced, you know, in my life, all of all of the journeys, the relationships, the different places I've lived, the different choices that I've made, but I'm like, that all aligned so perfectly mm. perfectly to to bring me to the place where I'm at, because it's this convergence of experience and skill, mm. all you know, and relationships that have all brought me to this point where I go, man, I'm I'm in the sweet spot. I I I feel like I'm experiencing everything that earlier in my my life, I was hoping to experience. Of course, I'm experiencing it in an entirely different way now. But the emotional states, you know, that I said, you know, I want to feel happy and this and this and this. It's like, those are all dialed in mm-hmm. now. And, and that's one of the things too, especially when I, you know, one of the themes of a lot of my content on YouTube is letting people know, let go of the judgment, let go of thinking that it's got to be this way. This has got to play out like this. And this person's got to show up like this. And this is, and then I'll be where I, you know, I'm hoping to be, or I'll have the things that mm-hmm. I want to have. So, and that's one of the things that, you know, that my wife teaches when she works with people is let go of neediness yeah. because we hear from people like, you know, this person did this, but if this person acted this way, and if this person didn't do this, and then I will feel I'll feel happy, then I'll be good, then I'll be in a good mood. And it's like, no, it's you focus on that first, and then you just allow for an infinite amount of ways and possibilities to show up to deliver you, to sustain you in that emotional state.
0: Yeah. And it just comes back to that, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand if you don't ask the universe for what you want, you you won't get it. Well, you'll get exactly what you asked for, basically. So if you're putting it out there that, you know, all the bad things happen to you and, you know, life is crap, then that's what you're going to get. But if you can dial into that feeling of where you want to be and hold Mm -hmm. on to that, it's going to tune into you and you're actually going to get it. So it's that simple.
1: And see, that's what I talk about, you know, the hardest, easiest thing you'll ever do because people – I was one of those people that, you know, when my, when my wife and I first met, there were, there were so many things that we were aligned on and, you know, there were some things that she had a lot more wisdom and experience with that, you know, even I'd be like, Oh no, it's, you know, you got to this way, you got to do this. And then once you do that, um, and then when I was able to let go of that and come from that emotional state, and that's, that's what I tell people, look, if you have a goal um, don't necessarily focus on the thing. Focus on the emotional state. Mm. Focus on the feelings that you want to feel relative to that. And then, because there's all these infinite amount of ways, you know, that can show up to be able to sustain you in that emotional state. And if and if you think about it, to put it in like uh, computing terms, the, the the conscious mind processes. You know, it's, I think it's like seven to 10 bits of information per second. And the subconscious mind processes, I think it's more like 20 million bits of information per second. So there's so much more going on in the subconscious Mm. mind. And when it comes to stuff like, you know, like the law of attraction and things like that, I, I, I share with people that it's, you know, if you're, if thoughts are things and you're putting out stuff and into the, into the universe, you're putting out way more subconscious energy out there that you're not even realizing is there, that you're not even realizing that you, you think or, or subsequently feel. And it's, if you can align that, if you can rewire that subconscious thinking, that's when, you know, when you're not even thinking about it, you're putting stuff out there that the universe can pick up on that signal and that energy. And I, I think it's really fascinating. I even realized this, I just found this out a few months ago, but the pineal gland um has got calcite crystals in there with piezoelectric properties mm. and they're like wow yeah literally your brain the, the pineal gland has the ability to be essentially a you know like like a radio signal a broadcaster yep. and, a, and a receiver
0: yeah and this is it you know we we only know what we know and I just, yeah. I just find it so fascinating, and that's why I love having these kind of conversations. And, and you know, I was just watching you then, John. And the the minute you mentioned your wife, you just lit up. So you, yeah. you are in the sweet spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's, and it's so funny because you know, my my wife had said, um, she's like, "Why didn't we meet? You know, yeah. twenty five years ago?" Um, <laughs> even though I grew up in New Jersey, then I went up moving um, to Utah. Um, we kind of there were some similar circles of people and 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 things that that we knew and and of, one of the funny things is um, uh, i I had mentioned I had some you know independent movies produced and mm. you know, those are the mm. movies you know on the on the movie posters back there yeah and they were I was raised Mormon um, so those movies were comedy movies geared towards um, you know Mormon audiences right So my wife was familiar with my comedy and my movies before she ever knew, you know, who I was. And, <sighs> and we had met and we were, we were texting. She's like, I don't even know what you do. And I'm like, it'd probably be easier if you just Googled my name and looked me up. And she's like, I'm not going to go, Google, but what? And I said, Oh, I don't know if you're familiar with any of these movies. And she was like, Oh my gosh, that was you. you. Those were the only movies that I would let my kids watch on Sunday. Because and, and, you know, neither one of us were, were not practicing Mormons now. We don't have any issues with the church, but we're not practicing. But back in the day, like it was like my movies were the stuff that she told her. It's okay for you to watch those, um, you know. So she's like, but why didn't we meet 25 years ago? I said because we, you had to go on your journey and I had to go on my journey, which aligned everything so perfectly for us to be able to be in this moment, to have the successful marriage and the relationship that you know that we have right now. Mm. And so, yes, my face does light up because <laughs> you know I'm very fortunate and very blessed.
0: Yeah and you know going back to what we were just saying like you know it's having that contrast in your journey as well it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows right and without yeah. without the dark times you're not going to have the light so i think yeah. understanding that it's not not all bad um the bad has a purpose so yeah i think
1: yeah and i you yeah. know i think and, and my the way that i kind of look at that too is i look back cuz you know Look, we can define things, you know. However, we want to define things. And looking back on, on you know, I've got my my thirteen year old's nose on a on a webcam right now, and he's like crawling behind me to be able <laughs> to get by. If, if, you, if you saw like something scurrying back there, probably would have been less. You know he could have just walked by, but he could have um, just said it
0: was a dog. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and and you know
1: like if you look at um like the movie Benjamin Button where they mm. where they do that montage because this happened and this happened and this mm. happened and this happened and then she wound up you know she got hit by a car or or whatever and and i and i know that there's a lot of people that think you know when all these things happen um it helps us you know maybe it's a case where we avoid you know something terrible mm. um but i think that everything You know, when we're aligned right, when we're in sync, we're in harmony, everything happens and shows up, you know, not to help us avoid something bad. I think it all helps us to, you know, come into something good. Mm. When we look back at the past, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of things that I think were bad and horrible and terrible that I went through. But moving forward, I I don't come from a space where bad things have to happen in order for me to appreciate, you know, something good because I think once you're in an alignment there mm. and I'll give you an example of that, my, my, my wife had, um, you know, she woke up late. There was one morning. She had an appointment. She had a nail appointment at 10 o'clock. I didn't realize she had it at 10 o'clock. So I didn't wake her up. She wound up waking up at like ten fifteen, And then she's like, Oh my, uh, you know, I, can I still get there? And then she called the place and we like, hurry up and get there. And she, then she had lunch. She was supposed to have lunch with a friend, all these things. It was like the day started off. Mm. Um, she was late. And then she had to move lunch with a friend and all these things. But then when she went and had lunch with her friend, um, at the restaurant, two people. There were parents. Um, my wife had a, a friend. It was her babysitter of her kids, going back 20 years, who recently um, just passed away. And my wife hadn't seen the family for quite a long time. She was anticipating that she'd go um, up to Idaho for the, you know, for the service. But then all of a sudden, at that right moment, that ideal moment, here come this woman's parents. No that came into the restaurant sat right next to my, my wife and they just held each other. And they had such a profound moment of being there for each other and healing for each other and being able to, to comfort each other and interact with each other that they probably wouldn't have had if my wife had just gone and had seen them, you know, at the memorial Mm -hmm. service. But instead these things that, you know, you can wake up and you go, oh, this, this terrible, you know, this happened and this and and days all ruined. But all of those little things m- created something even more, you know, an incredibly wonderful moment that my, you know, that my wife hadn't, um, hadn't anticipated. So when we come from that mindset of, you know, that's one of the things that I say, you know, circumstances don't matter, only your, your emotional state of being matters. Mm. And when we can come from that space, when things show up um, and we go, it's, Hey, it's going to be okay. I'm coming from, you know, the space, then it's like the universe can deliver, you know, so much more than we would have ever even imagined possible.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, the truth of it all is that the universe has got our back. So, you yeah. know, it puts things in place to, to counteract, you know, you're, you're exactly where you're meant to be when you're meant right. to be. So, yeah. um, and if you can stop fighting that, you're just going to see it all like flow in front of you. I know there's been times where I've just gone, it's almost like watching things in slow motion. You, you can yeah. just see it happening in front of you and it's just like, yeah, it's all under control. And you know that it's just going to, it's going to work as it's meant to. Um, yeah. And and not getting bent out of shape about it when it doesn't go your way because it's not your way. <laughs> it's the universe's right. way, right? Um, if we can understand that, wow, the stress we could let go of. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: I know. And, and, you know, and it, it took me a really long time, you know, to come from that, that space. But again, mm. that's a, that's a case of, the, you you know, you can ingrain that you can, that, that becomes part of your, your subconscious thinking where you can just go, Hey, all right, it's all going to be good. It's not going to work out. Mm. And it really does.
0: Yeah. So, John, if someone is contemplating um, trying hypnotism for the first time, say they want to you know, tackle an addiction or some issue in their life, and they're a little bit skeptic, what would you recommend they do?
1: One of the nice things about being able to have content, you know, on, on YouTube, or, you know, there's so many platforms where there's there's hypnosis there's guided meditations and and it's interesting cuz a lot of these the words and the phrases are kind of interchangeable you might hear hypnosis you might hear guided hypnosis or guided meditation or guided hypnosis meditation all these different things but you know, if somebody's at home you know and all they have to do is you know put in the you know the ear pods and turn something on and they're with themselves that people can feel a lot more relaxed mm. and comfortable doing that as opposed to saying, maybe, you know, going to somebody, you know, one-on-one um, which is obviously is, is a great experience to have because so much can be, you know, catered and, mm. and focused on relative to the individual. But if something, somebody's never done it um, you, know, all you have to do is just lay back or sit back and relax and, and listen to something. And, and there's so much out there, you can go okay. Oh, this kind of works for me, or I, I'd like this. Or you, you know, you can experiment. You can see what works. And and the thing is, is of course you know with, you know with hypnosis or meditation, you know, it's like going to the gym. You work. You're working mm-hmm. a muscle out. You're working something out that can become stronger and easier. You know, there was a like I said, there was a time I never thought I could be hypnotized, mm-hmm. and then it happened to me. And now when I, you know, when I get in my meditative position. You know, when I get in the Lotus position, I sit down, it's like my body knows, Oh, this is what this is for. Okay. Now we're going to slow the brainwaves down. Now we're going to get right into, you know, into where we need to be. So that's what I tell people, just go on to, you know, you can go into YouTube. Spotify has got stuff. There's, you know, Apple music has got stuff that you can, you can experiment you can listen and you know, you're not going because this is people like. Well, what happens if I'm listening to something and I'm holding by myself and I get I get stuck? You're not <laughs> going to get stuck. That's not going to happen. You know, you you don't have that you know to worry about. That's is kind of one of the things that you know you hear a well, lot. Well, what if I get stuck or I don't? No, you're not going to get stuck. So you can you can do it from the comfort of your own home and be able to expand your uh, awareness and understanding and experience that way.
0: Yeah. And I think if you can make space in your day for, you know, a regular routine of, of whether it be hypnotism or meditation, um, it becomes a little bit addictive once you hit that sweet spot. It, it, it's a yeah, little bit like having a bit of a nap that you didn't intend to have.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, because, you know, there's so many tremendous physical benefits that come, you know, and, and, and energy is, is one of them. Um, you know, people take the time to, you know, it, they're drinking a Red Bull or some energy drink or something in the, you know, the middle of the afternoon or whatever, when you can actually spend 10 or 15 minutes, mm. you know, doing meditation and have, pro, you know, far more profound benefits of in, 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 in energy that way.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of a, a meme I saw this morning on Instagram. Um, the word medication swap out the C for a D meditation. Oh, that's
1: actually really cool. Yeah. That, there's, there is so much truth to that. Mm. There, 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 re, there, really is. And yeah, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot you could talk to, uh, you know, about that, uh, you know, how, you know, th- people want to fight back against stuff because, you know, th- what was the, the statistic? I think it was from like 10 or 12 years ago, there was a study done that um, people that went to like a, a psychiatrist or a psychiatrist I think they had to go like, it was like 600 times Mm. for, for like a 30% success rate versus, you know, people that, you know, did hypnosis. I, it was, you know, it was like a 90% success rate after like six sessions.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It really (laughs) is incredible.
0: Probably cheaper too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, now, John, I love asking this question um, and there's no wrong answer. So, no pressure. Yeah. Okay. Um, can you define what being ethical means to you?
1: Being ethical. That is a, that's a good question. You know, it means to me, at least as, you know, as I think about it now, just, you know, staying true to humanity. You know, you're, you're part of humanity, so you're going to want to contribute something positive to humanity. And, and when I and I mean humanity, that means of course every individual you know that that, that you deal with that you work with. It's wanting to come from a space of, um, hey, we're all in this together. so let's create something that allows us to all be better off individually and which benefits everybody um, you know collectively you know, one of the things that we hear from people is like, this person made me feel this way. This mm-hmm. person made me, of course we know, you know, and one of it takes a lot for people to grasp the idea that you can choose into how you feel. But if you want to come from the, the space of what we do makes other people feel certain ways, well then every day offer everyone that you want to interact with the opportunity to choose into feeling good.
0: Mm. I love that yeah, you should bottle that. That's good. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so John, if people want to find out more about you and get in touch, how can they do that?
1: My website is johnmoyer.com. Uh, of course you can just go to, you know, YouTube, type in my name, John Moyer, um, or sleep hypnosis. You can find me that way, but you know, cause obviously I'm in a lot of, you know, those categories, but just look me up on YouTube, John Moyer, and it'll take you right to my, uh, my channel on YouTube.
0: I'm going to be plugging that one in tonight. Um, now, i got the last big question for you, John. What's the change you want to see in the world and how can we bring it to life?
1: Well, I don't use the word want. I, I like to, my whole thing is, is I use the word prefer, right? Because if we come from a state, if you know, if we say, I want this or this is what I want, then you know, my thinking is that the mind operates like here's well, we want something, which means we don't have something. So we're going to operate from a space of always coming from wanting. So we're going to make sure that we don't have it so we can keep wanting. So I always like to use the word prefer. So when I say the, the prefer that I would like to see, you know, or the, or the change, you know, in the in the world is, is everyone having the opportunity to understand how powerful their minds are and how powerful their own energy is. You know, we're all this vibrating energy. And when we come from higher vibrational states, then higher vibrational circumstances happen. Mm. So if one person is able to raise their vibration, then that means other people are going to have the opportunity to raise their vibration. And then the whole planet sees its vibration raise. And then the aliens will realize that we're um, conscious enough and ready enough to be able to make uh, contact with them and see what else is out there
0: imagine that
1: (laughs) imagine that
0: yeah i I couldn't agree more and that's you've just completely wrapped up um what this whole mission is about on this podcast um and i can't thank you enough for being a part of the ethical evolution
1: i appreciate it so much i i really had a great time being here and, and thanks so much for for talking with me
0: thanks for listening to the ethical evolution podcast if you're an ethical business owner, change maker, or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate.
1: Hi, I'm Mark and I'm Peter.